Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on all things silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby. A Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SB Nation, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, welcome to Just Pod Baby, and let's go. It's game week. It's here. It's been a long offseason. It was a long training camp and a long preseason, but we are finally here. I am your host, Evan Grote, and we are powered by SB Nation, now part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, so search it up on all of your major podcasting platforms. And of course, don't forget to click the subscribe button while you're at it. Uh, We're going to have a bunch of new content coming at you just about daily now, whether that's from me, my show here at Just Pod Baby, or Matt Holder with Holder's um, Handful, the the Tape Don't Lie fellas, going to be real busy now breaking down game film from from an X's and O standpoint for you. And there's a new show that is now available um, called the AFC West Mixtape, and that features Bill Williamson as well as other SB Nation writers from teams within the AFC West division, and they will keep you up to date on on all things going on there within the division. So plenty for you to listen to over there each and every day to help you get that that fix that you're looking for uh, all season long. As we will do here each and every week, when we preview the upcoming game, we will be joined by a guest who covers the opposing team who can help bring us some information and some insight on the opponent. Always good to have a nice little scouting report prior to the game. So we will be joined by Chargers beat writer Nick Cothrell. Nick covers the team for SI.com's ChargerReport.com. So you don't want to miss that conversation a little bit later on. But the theme of the show, and I've been thinking about it a lot the last two weeks really about this game because we've had a lot of time to think about it, right? This is a statement game for the Raiders. That is the theme of the show. This is a chance for the Raiders to show the rest of the league that this is the dawn of a new era in Las Vegas. This is not the same old Raiders that we have seen the last 20, 25 years. And so that is where I will begin the show this week. The AFC West got a ton of attention this offseason. New coaches, new quarterbacks, New defensive ends and cornerbacks. Many new faces on all four of the teams. But the Chargers. The Chargers may have made the biggest moves of all four teams, bringing in Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, Sebastian Joseph Day, among others, to upgrade their defense. It was a major point of emphasis for the Chargers. And because of that, they've become a real trendy pick out there by ne- many in the in the national media. A lot of people are fascinated by this Chargers roster. I've got a few things that I want to share with you. I did a little research, a little bit of reading. I have some rankings for you, some data that shows you how much love the Chargers are getting compared to the Raiders. Let's start with the Futures win total. The Chargers line right now is 10.5 wins. 
The Raiders, on the other hand, they actually just got a small bump. They've been at 8.5 for a long time. I saw it at 9 on one website. That is the lowest win total in the division, I'll remind you. You might recall over the summer, one of the guests that I had on the show, Ben Lindsay from Pro Football Focus, he wrote a story where he ranked all 32 teams, NFL rosters. He had the Chargers with the number three best roster in the NFL. Your Raiders fell all the way down to number 21. FanDuel and DraftKings Sportsbook give the Chargers the sixth best best odds to win the Super Bowl. The Raiders, middle of the pack, 14 on both sites. And then just this week I saw Sports Illustrated, the Monday morning quarterback, released their power rankings. Again, the Chargers ahead of the Raiders at 6th and 13th, respectively. Now, I don't put a lot of thought into power rankings, but I think you get the point. And I'm not sharing those numbers with you because I'm trying to make the point that the Raiders are getting disrespected or that the Chargers are overhyped because I actually agree with a lot of those that, that information, and I agree with a lot of those people. I do think the Chargers have a better, uh, deeper, more well-rounded roster. And they should be favored to win this game. But the game is not played on paper. It is played between those white lines. And as the saying goes, on any given Sunday. So if the Raiders, if the organization, if Derek Carr, if Max Crosby, if they want to change the narrative early on in this season, Sunday is a golden opportunity to get that done. Think about it. The Raiders go on the road, which we know isn't exactly going to be a true road game for the Raiders this week because I, I believe Raider Nation will will take over SoFi State, and we've seen that happen in the past when they play the Chargers. Raider Nation's going to travel well. But a week one road game against a team that last year had a top five offense, a quarterback that is among the best in the league. I think he's great. I'm a, I'm a big believer in Justin Herbert. I'll, I'll admit that. He's got plenty of weapons on offense. He's got an improved offensive line. They drafted Zion Johnson to play right guard in round one of the draft this past spring. And now they have some real firepower on defense to go with that offense. So you can see why they're a sexy pick right now by many people. But imagine the statement that can be made by the Raiders. Because what I, from what I have seen this week, and it's still middle of the week here, I'm not seeing many people give the Raiders a chance to win this game. Not a lot of people out there picking the Raiders to win. So if the Raiders want respect, they have to go out there Sunday and take it. It's time to put all the speculation to rest. Nobody is trying to be paper champs. It's a statement game for the Raiders, and that will be the continuing theme on the show this week. Before I get to a break... I also want to get into some of the key matchups in this weekend's game. And when I was thinking about some of the factors, the key factors in this game and some of the matchups in the game in this game, I, I think it I think it's interesting because both teams, in my opinion, have similar concerns when you take a, a deep look at it. Obviously, for the Raiders, the right side of the offensive line is is going to be tested this week. Jermaine Illuminor. You know, I, I he will get the start at right tackle. He's listed as the number one right tackle on the depth chart that came out this week. Whether it's Lester Cotton, who mispracticed on uh, Tuesday, 
or Dylan Parham at right guard, it's it's a concern. Both of them are young players, zero NFL starts, and I would imagine a defensive-minded head coach like Brandon Staley, he's going to have some major plans to move some of those defensive linemen around and get himself some good matchups to take advantage of with some of the, with these with this young uh, young right guards that he may be facing and, and Jermaine Illuminor at right tackle. I would not be shocked to see uh, Joey Bosa and, and Khalil Mack rushed from the inside a little bit to test those guards. Um, definitely look for the right side of the line to have a lot of different looks and games thrown their way. Uh, I, I would expect to see Josh McDaniels kind of counter that by giving the right side of the line some, some extra help with some tight end over there, running backs chipping. We saw a lot of that happen uh, in the preseason. On the flip side, though, the Raiders have a decent pair of edge rushers themselves. And there's also some question marks for the Chargers at right tackle. You may recall last season, Storm Norton getting knocked around like a ragdoll by Max Crosby. Now, I did go on the Chargers website. They also released their first unofficial depth chart. It looks like it's going to be Trey Pipkins who will get the start and not Storm Norton. Now, I'm no expert on Trey Pipkins, so I can't really give you a detailed report on him, but that is something that we could ask our guest Nick Cothrell about in a few minutes when we when we get him on the line. So I do think that's going to be a huge factor in this game, whichever offensive line can protect the quarterback better. We know that both offenses have firepower. Points are going to be scored, but keep an eye on the right tackles in this game. Another matchup, that's going to be big in this game. Uh, it does not appear J.C. Jackson is going to play in this game. Uh, I keep hearing mixed reports. Uh, Tuesday, he did not practice. I heard Wednesday, I, I read Wednesday, he had the walking boot off, and he did do some running on the field. It sounds like he'll be a game-time decision. But either way, either way, it's either going to be a less than 100% J.C. Jackson or it's going to be Asante Samuel Jr. or Michael Davis who gets that tough task of, of defending Devontae Adams. And he must take full advantage of that uh, on Sunday. Adams needs to be the alpha male that Derek Carr has not had in a while. Go out there in a big-time divisional game, have yourself a 7 or 8 catch day, 80 to 100 yards, and a touchdown. That's what I'm expecting from Devontae Adams. They're paying him a lot of money. They gave up a couple of draft picks for him. This is why you go out there and get a guy like him. We've heard about it for a long time now. Derek Carr doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't have the supporting cast. And you know what? I'm not trying to be divisive here. Regardless of how you felt about that in the past, that is not the case anymore. Derek Carr personally went out there and recruited Adams, convinced Ziegler to give up the picks, to fork over the money to pay the man, it's time to silence the skeptics. I look for Derek Carr and Devontae Adams to have a big day on Sunday. I think the matchup with the Raiders secondary versus the Chargers pass catchers can't be overlooked as well. I've expressed my concerns in recent podcast episodes with the secondary for the Raiders. It looks like Nate Hobbs is going to be starting alongside Rocky Sin, at least in base defense. Who knows what they do when they go to the nickel. But, you know, we saw them trade away Trayvon Mullen. We heard a lot of good things about Nate Hobbs coming out of training camp. It seems like a natural uh, move, to, or, or a sound move, I should say, to, to let him, you know, take on a little bit more responsibility on the outside and see what this kid's made of. We've been getting, a, you know, he's been receiving a ton of hype during training camp. He wants to become a household name. Make a statement this week and go toe-to-toe with Keenan Allen. 
if the secondary and the back end of this defense struggles to slow down the passing attack of the Chargers, that could make for a long afternoon uh, for the Raiders' defense. And then the last key matchup that I want to talk about, and I think it's a, I think it's an important one, obviously, are both teams' young head coaches. Brandon Staley enters, I believe it's year two now, right? Two or three. Still a very young coach in this league, still finding his way, and, and Josh McDaniels, his second stint as a head coach, but it's been a while since he's he's uh, been the head guy. I believe this is going to be a close game. Now, how many times have you watched an NFL game come down to the bitter end and have a coaching coach's uh, decision cost the team a win? It happens all the time. You see it every week. We know a little bit about Brandon Staley's coaching style and his uh, willingness to go for it on fourth down. Sometimes that can backfire on you. I think game management in this game could be a huge factor for these coaches. It could be a, it could be the difference. I look for Josh McDaniels to make his biggest influence on this Raiders team with his coaching uh, in the red zone. It's an area the offense struggled badly last year. It's been bad. It's been one of the weak spots for the offense the last couple years. And in a game like this, I don't need to say it. It goes without saying. You need to make sure you're getting seven and not selling for three. So those are some of the key matchups uh, for this week. It's a statement game for the Raiders, as I've said. The first five games of the schedule look to be tough games. Three of them within the division, a couple tough road games mixed in there. I think we learned a lot about this Raiders team in the first five weeks, but it all starts on Sunday versus the Chargers. It's time for me to step aside now, and when I return, we will be joined by Chargers beat writer Nick Cotherell who will help us preview this weekend's game. Don't go anywhere. This is Just Pod Baby, part of the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network. Welcome back to Just Pod Baby. Run down the field on Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Yeah! News, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And we are back, Just Pod Baby, with the week one preview. And before we get to our conversation with Nick Cotherell, just wanted to get you some updated news and notes from the week. It sounds like Darren Waller and the Raiders are extremely close to agreeing to a new contract, according to a tweet on Wednesday by Jordan Schultz. You know, since Waller hired Drew Rosenhaus to handle his negotiations, things have really moved along uh, in the talks. And I'm sure both parties want to get it done uh, before Sunday or prior to Sunday. Uh, not sure if that will happen. Uh, either way, it shouldn't affect his status for the game. He, he has said all along he wants to play. He wasn't going to hold out. Uh, so that's good news for Darren Waller. And then the other piece of news that I wanted to get to is the injury report. Uh, as of Wednesday evening, it looks like a clean report for the Raiders. Everyone was able to practice um, as far as the Chargers are concerned. Uh, as expected, J.C. Jackson is listed as a did not participate with the ankle. Donald Parham did not participate with a hamstring. And Isaiah Spiller, their rookie running back, is listed on the report, but did practice in full. 
I mentioned in segment one of the show uh, that there was a report. I saw actually it was a tweet uh, from Daniel Popper, who, who covers the Chargers for the Athletic, that that Jackson is now or he was seen out of the walking boot doing some running off to the side. Uh, I, I find it hard to believe he plays on Sunday, that he's ready to go on Sunday. Obviously, though, that is something that you want to keep a close eye on as, as Sunday approaches. Let's now go out to the phone line and, and welcome in our guest this week who covers the Chargers for ChargerReport.com. That is a part of SI.com. Our good friend Nick Cothrell joins us on Just Pod Baby as we preview the Week 1 matchup between the Chargers and the Raiders. And, and Nick, before we get into the specifics of the matchup, I, I want to get your take on the AFC West division. Uh, we, we're we're going to get into some of the new faces for the Chargers, but obviously a lot of talented players joined the teams in the West. On paper, it looks like it's the best division in football. It should be really fun to watch, but what are some of your general thoughts on how competitive the division should be? Yeah, I, I don't think it can be overstated, just like, like you said, just how competitive this division is expected to shake out. And, you know, from, from the quarterbacks to the, the defense and the pass rushers, really – you know, all these teams check most of the boxes that you look for and, you know, assembling a, a competitive roster. And I, I think this is, but like you said, it's, it's going to be just a competitive battle. And, you know, I don't want to overstate anything here, but just from top to the bottom down, it's probably the most talented division that I can remember, you know, in recent memory. So it should be, should be a dogfight out there. Yeah, definitely. And, and whoever, you know, should you know, come out on top in this division certainly will have a, uh, I would say, an advantage after being so battle tested going into the playoffs. But you know, Nick, I was looking over the Week One schedule from the NFL, and I absolutely think the Raiders and the Chargers that matchup is the marquee game of the week. You know, both teams coming off that epic uh, Week 18 game last year. Both teams were very aggressive in the off season. Uh, the Chargers really worked on upgrading that defense, which ranked 30th a year ago in points allowed, adding Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, J.C. Jackson, just a few of the names that they brought in. Uh, but but what's the word coming out of Los Angeles uh, about the defense as they head into week one? Yeah, I mean, everything's pretty upbeat. And while there's going to be probably about six new starters on that defense, which is, you know, a lot to – bring together and mesh rather quickly on one hand, you know, maybe that plays to the advantage a little bit of the Raiders, but the players have been pretty optimistic about coming together and meshing well. And, you know, almost all the guys brought in with the exception of um, JC Jackson and Austin Johnson, most of all these other guys already have experience either playing in, you know, the Brandon, Brandon Staley system, whether he was in Chicago um, or in Denver, so and with the Rams, so there's been a lot of crossover. Um, so really, the defense has, uh, bit, as training camp went on, they, they've really started to kind of buckle up. I would say in the beginning, it was more the offense leading the way in camp, uh, but the defense has really, you know, shown some signs here later on. You just mentioned J.C. Jackson, uh, and you know we know he had a, a foot surgery, just kind of a cleanup surgery or ankle, maybe it was, just like a week or two ago. Uh, what, what's the latest on his status and, and the likelihood that he will be available for the, for the game on Sunday? Yeah, still a little unclear if he's going to be available or not. Um, like you mentioned, he he had just kind of like a, a cleanup on, on his ankle, something that uh started to bother him about about two weeks ago and then um the, him and the chargers just kind of decided to 
not let it linger throughout the year and nip it in the butt. So he, he had the surgery done. The estimated timetable was two to four weeks. Um, on Thursday, Brandon Staley shared that he is now in a walking boot. Um, he's participating in like workouts. Um, I'm sure that's very limited and what he's, you know, doing is probably more of uh, weightlifting, I would assume. Um, but he's in the walking boot and, um, they, they, Brandon Staley said it's just going to be, you know, a wait and see. They're they're waiting on the wound to heal because it wasn't a structure issue. It's not like they're, you know, a broken bone or anything. So it's just waiting for the wound to heal. And then after that, it'll be back. So they really don't have a clear, you know, concise you know, time frame when he's going to be back. It's pretty broad right now. I also want to ask you about some of the rookies. Um, I know Zion Jones, or excuse me, Zion Johnson was the first round pick. Uh, how has he looked in, in training camp and in the preseason? And what can you tell us about uh, maybe some of the other rookies and what their expectations are in terms of playing time? Yeah, Zion Johnson. He's he's looked pre- he's looked you know he's held his own. He's looked pretty good. You know, certainly he's had his rookie his his rookie moments like like most players do, especially offensive linemen, but. One thing that's been really apparent is just how big and sh- strong he is. You know, he's he's probably the biggest offensive lineman they have now. Um, and you know, when your biggest offensive lineman, you know, is right there, right guard, and you know, Rashawn Slater is a pretty large man himself. And you know, he's been kind of compared a little bit to Rashawn, you know, just based on what he did last year. But it's probably not, you know, an accurate comparison just because what Rashawn did as a rookie to be named an All Pro really is is not common. So I think Zion Johnson has, you know, a lot of potential. I don't think it's going to be quite what Rashawn Slater was able to do, uh, but he, he's been, he, he's really held his own. You know, like I said, there's been reps he's lost, but he's, he's seen some good competition against the, the Chargers defensive line and all the guys that, you know, they're rotating in there. And I, I think things are looking up for him. We are chatting with Chargers beat writer for SI.com, Nick Cothrell, uh, previewing the week one game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, Nick, you know, Austin Eckler coming off a phenomenal season a year ago, uh, but I know one of the things that the Chargers put emphasis on, as well as the defense th- this offseason, was finding him a running mate. And I know Isaiah Spiller is, is a rookie that they drafted, I believe, in the third round, and they just recently signed uh, Sony Michelle a few days ago. H- how's that all shaken out? And, and do you believe that you know, it's possible that the Chargers would prefer to lessen Eckler's workload and, and, you know, add in another guy there in the mix. Yeah, I you know, it's tough to say. Like, the way that they used Austin Eckler last year was, you know, that, that takes a lot on a player's body. Eckler led the league in touchdowns with 20 last year. I, I don't know if that's quite repeatable. And even he has came out publicly and, and voiced his concerns about his body holding up and, you know, the Chargers have aspirations for making a playoff run. So it probably would be wise to get get some of, you know, the other the other rushers in there just, just to keep his legs fresh throughout the, you know, the grind that is an NFL season. So, like you had mentioned, they drafted Isaiah Spiller. Spiller su- suffered an ankle injury in the second uh, preseason game. So he, uh, he had missed kind of that last week of camp. He's now returned to practice. Um, now we only get to see like the individual period. Once they get into team stuff, we don't see, but he's been going through some of that. So he looks like he's improving his status for week one is still uh, in question whether or not he's going to play. And then last week signing Sony Michelle, that to me kind of looked more like they want to ensure that their depth 
is better than what it was last year. And with Isaiah already going down, I think they got a little, little, a little stage fright kind of, you know, so bringing in a guy like Sony Michelle, who's done it before, he's been a bell cow back last year with the Rams. He was, you know, kind of in a committee. So he kind of stabilizes that group and makes them quite a bit deeper to kind of help out Austin Eckler. Yeah, you know, I, I want to stay with the offense here, Nick. Um, top five unit from a year ago, and I, I just mentioned the phenomenal season by Eckler. Um, they re-signed Mike Williams and uh, brought in, we just mentioned, brought in Sonny Michel. Um, great combo wide receivers with, with Allen and Williams. Josh Palmer is in year two. I think he's a, a guy that has flashed a bit. And they even brought in another tight end, or a new tight end, I should say, Gerald Everett in free agency. And, of course, they are all led by Justin Herbert uh, as he enters year three. Um, how did the offense come together this summer during training camp? And, and do you think that they could actually be better than they were a year ago? It's crazy to think they can be better because as good as Justin Herbert and that offense was last year, you know, they, they were really they, – they really carried the team because the defense struggled down the stretch. But all the players have really just spoken about just how more – confidence and you know more the, the approach to, to the system and, and how they're able to just kind of pick things up much quicker than they were last year has you know been the theme among the players and uh, Joe Lombardi the offensive coordinator in OTAs he said you know we're no longer doing football 101 we've turned the page and now it's football 202 stuff and they're able to just line up quicker and go, you know go through certain things at a much faster tempo so the understanding of the offense seems uh, more advanced. So I, I really can't see why they can improve that offense. And then you factor in perhaps the protections a little bit better than it was a season ago with Zion, with Zion Johnson also coming, you know, into that fold, like we just spoke about. So, yeah, I think there is a chance that the offense um, does take, take maybe a, a minor step forward to uh, be even better than what they were last year. Oh, that's a scary. That's a scary thought. <laughs> you might you might have yeah. put some fear in some of the Raider listeners out there. But uh, Nick Cothrell, Chargers beat writer for SI.com, is our guest this week on, on Just Pod Baby, doing a great job here, giving us a rundown of the of the Chargers. When you look at this roster from top to bottom, it's as good as anyone else in the league. They do not have many areas of weakness right now, from what I can tell. You know, on the outside looking in, but you cover the team on a a daily basis. If you had to pinpoint a weakness on this roster, where would it be? Yeah, their their biggest weakness is definitely at right tackle. So that that was the big hole uh, coming into camp. Now they had they had Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton who battled it out all throughout camp in the preseason, going fifty fifty with the first team reps in practice, and then splitting those in the games. Trey Pipkins, Trey Pipkins uh, was announced the winner of that job at the end of camp. So he's going to be the guy. He's only made ten starts across you know, his first uh, three years in the league. So he has never been a full-time starter, but he's like the young guy that they were trying to mold into becoming the starter. Whereas Norton, the guy that they beat out has kind of been a veteran, been around the block a little bit. Um, so they're going with the young, with, with the younger guy who um, he spent the off season in Texas with Duke Mannyweather, you know, you know, an offensive line guru um, really spoke highly about the things that they were able to do there and enhance his game. And the, co the coaching staff has kind of followed that sentiment too, really pleased in his, his progression. But, you know, the, there was times in the pre even in the preseason games where he, he was getting beat, as was Norton. So it really was kind of a situation where, at least to me, it seemed like they thought Pipkins was the guy that 
you know, held up the best, is he, you know, a the long-term answer or maybe maybe an, the answer that's going to shut down an opponent? I, I think the Raiders are probably going to end up having their way with him, especially with what Max Crosby and Chandler Jones bring off the edge. So I think that's probably going to be an area that the Raiders are going to exploit in week one. Yeah, and it, well, I think that's interesting because it, it, it's a, it's going to be a key matchup for both teams because I'm sure, as you know, the Raiders yeah. also yeah. having major issues at right tackle. So I think some of these edge rushers for both teams are are probably licking their chops right now. So that would definitely be a key matchup going into this game, the right tackle for both teams. Uh, but but the final question I have for you before I, before I get you out of here um, – you know, Brandon Staley, you know, he loves, we all know about his his philosophy, loves to be aggressive. Some people may call it very unorthodox, isn't afraid to go for it on fourth downs. We saw him do it, uh, I believe it was from his own 25-yard line last year in that in that huge game uh, versus the Raiders. Do you expect that philosophy to, to change at all this year, or, or do you believe he'll just continue to, to take those big risks? I think there's going to be some level of of change, you know. Last year, the defense was, like, bottom three in the league. So, I, I think a lot of that kind of stemmed from not having the confidence that your defense is going to come up with a stop. And when you have a top five offense, why not roll the dice and, you know, banking on them to win the battle. But now, it looks like their defense is going to be a lot more respectable and, you know, maybe kind of – maybe not match what the offense is and how – you know, how productive they were, but at least something close to that. So I think he's, my guess would be he kind of reels that back a little bit. I still think he's going to lean on the aggressive side, but I I don't think it's going to be as slam dunk of a choice as it just was last season. All right, Nick, well, I'll get you out of here. I know you're a busy man this week with the game approaching. You've got some deadlines to make, but I do want to thank you so much for the time tonight and coming on with us and breaking down this game. And, you know, we'll be following you all season long. Keep up the great work, and, and we'll have to get you on again sometime down the road. Cool. Thanks for having me, Evan. All right. That was our guest, Nick Cotherell of SI.com. And you can find Nick on Twitter at Nick Cotherell. That's C-O-T-H-R-E-L. That's his last name, Cotherell. And, again, we thank him for the time. And now, after listening to this show, I think you should be ready for the game on Sunday. You should be all ready to go. You've got the scouting report. 425 kickoff in the East, 125 in the West. DraftKings Sportsbook has the Raiders as the three and a half point underdogs. The over-under on the game is set at 52 and a half points for you gambling folks out there. I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to it. We're all looking forward to the NFL week one. It's here. We just have to get through the next couple of days. Until then, though, I am your host, Evan Grote. Follow me on Twitter at egrote5. And as always, just win, baby.